for me personally, I was always interested in self-help from a very young age. I always wanted to figure out how to be a better person. But the truth is, I, I think I believed that I needed to fix myself. And if I would fix myself, if I would figure out what it was, then I would be successful, then I would be happy, then I would be okay. Hi, I'm Tanya, and you are listening to Episode 7, Season 2 of Human and Holy, a podcast where we discuss spiritual ideas in human terms. Today's episode is sponsored by Yitzchak and Rebecca Jenkalowitz in honor of their daughter, Rosie. I bless you both with abundant nachas from your daughter. Thank you, Yitzchak and Rebecca, for making today's episode happen. To sponsor an episode or become a paying subscriber of the podcast on Patreon, please reach out on the contact form of our website, humanandholy.com, or visit the link in the show notes. In today's episode, Hannah Kalmanson explores attachment theory as a lens through which to understand our relationship with God. What does it look like for us to experience God as a parent to a child? What does it look like for us to choose Him as adults? and really experience that choice that we have to engage with him. Join us as we explore what is arguably the most fundamental relationship in our lives. My name is Hannah Kalmanson. I live in London. I'm on Shluchas with my husband and my children. I'm super passionate about learning Hasidus and understanding it through a psycho-spiritual lens, so understanding ourselves with the help of Hasidus and what modern psychology, which I guess is like the lower waters of wisdom, is coming to help us untangle about who we are in a in a physical sense, and in a Nefesh Bahamas sense, to understand what the Rebbeim are talking about when they tell us about how to navigate living. Nice. I like that a lot. A psycho-spiritual lens. That's great. Mm. So we were talking about paralleling our relationship with God to this attachment that we have in our relationships with others to better understand what it looks like to be securely attached with God in a way that allows us to really be let out from the cage and trust in ourselves, take risks, etc. in the world. I would love if you could just introduce this concept, how secure attachment shows up in our relationships with God, how it's changed throughout the years. So I think it's starting to understand relationships through the lens of attachment theory, which is like a more modern psychological understanding of how we work and what healthy relationships and what healthy sense of self is sort of born through. And that starts with secure attachment of a child with their parents. And it does continue with secure attachments in adulthood, like, you know, in marriage, having like a safe emotional relationship, a strong bond that you really trust that 
really allows people to flourish in life. And it's more important even than, than, than looking for food for children. It's something that, you know, we they've seen in God forbid orphanages where kids were fed and given shelter, but not nurtured emotionally, not held, not cuddled, didn't have any primary caregivers that they, you know, they connected with, they failed to thrive. And it's a really fundamental human need. What's really interesting is that throughout Yiddishkeit, absolutely everywhere. We have references of our relationship with Abishter. It's a fundamental theme that flows on many, many levels. We obviously have the concept of Hashem as father. Hashem is our parent. Hashem is the one who's giving us everything we need, who takes care of us, who gives us all of life and all our brachas. And then we also have this very major theme of Hashem as husband, Hashem as marriage partner, which is a fascinating theme that starts with Shir Hashirim. It's the way we understand things like Ma'an Torah was like the marriage, the description of the Bnei Israel following Hashem in the Midbar, Lech Teich Midbar, you know, like a trusting wife who refuses to abandon her husband. It permeates everything, really. It's so prolific in all of Yiddishkeit, this concept of relationship. And I feel like the more insight we have into what the essence of a relationship is, the more it informs how we can really develop a very, very, very deep and profound relationship with Hashem ourselves. You know, we have a mitzvah in Shema, v'yahavta es Hashem alekecha. I know I love my kids. I know I love my parents. I know I love my husband. I know I love the people that I love. Can I say I love Hashem in that deep relational way? And how can I work on that relationship in like a very intimate personal level? Such a good point, because I think that so many people really question that within themselves is, do I actually have a relationship with Hashem? When I'm speaking with him, is there somebody listening? When I'm interacting with him, like, is this really a reciprocal relationship or is this a figment of my imagination? Even if you believe in the concept of God, do you believe in the concept of God as someone who you can really turn to? I think that's where Bitachon comes in in contrast to Amuna, because Amuna is something that you know in your head and you believe that Hashem created the world and made everything in it. And, you know, you believe in Hashkachabratis, you believe all the things, but you don't necessarily live in a way that's driven from that connection. Bitachon is where you know I'm connected, I feel it in my body, and it informs the way I feel and the way I behave. And that's a radical difference. The question is, how do we get to there? How do we get to there? And Hasidus is so full of like layers of understandings. It helps us to develop this very, very profound relationship. So for me, it starts with understanding. We know this concept in Od Milvado, right? There is nothing else in existence except for Hashem. And the truth is that's how things always were. And then Hashem created this huge symptom in order to create a world where there is an illusion of otherness. There is this new space, which is not really a new space, but it's the perception of space that exists that can deny God. And it's in this space that we're sent. And every single one of us, this is what Chassidus teaches us, is we're a literal piece of God that Hashem sends 
from the higher worlds, from this reality of Enod Milvado, where everything is just Hashem. I know who I am. I'm part of Hashem. There is nothing else. I can't see anything else. I don't perceive anything else because that's reality. And it's very, very clear. But then an Hashem is sent into this world. And we're told that the Malach touches a child on the lip just before they're born. And he forgets everything that he knows. He forgets what he knows about who he is. He forgets about what reality is. That he knows with every fiber of his being, I'm a part of God. And you come Mm. into the world and you've just been completely cut off from this deep knowing of the truth. And you're shoved into Olam HaSheker. And we grow up in this world that is all lies and all concealment and all covered up with amazing klipa that is just a brilliant illusion. And we start to believe it. Like the Nefesh of Bahamas is a Nefesh that learns how to live in this world. And therefore it has to internalize all these ideas about what the world is telling it in order to be able to survive and carry this neshama through this lifetime so it could do what it's supposed to do here. And we don't fully internalize even our nefeshali kiss until we're bar and bas mitzvah. So our primary years, as we're forming, our nefeshah Bahamas is learning all this stuff, all these beliefs this child is absorbing about who it is and what the world is. And there's often no God in there. And there's often messages and so often inadvertent. I think parents, we all do our absolute best for our children, but somehow as children in this world, we all manage to absorb messages like, I am not worthy. I'm not good enough. I will only be worthy if I am successful in such and such a way. I'm not lovable. I can only be lovable if I give everybody everything all the time that they want. If I make people like me, if other people, if I get that approval and All of these things are absolutely false because the only truth about our own identities are that we are that we're a piece of the Abishter sent into this world to do unique mission, dressed in these goof, enclosed in this goof, given enough to Bahamas to, to figure things out and to help navigate what its particular role is here. But the truth of who your identity is absolutely infinitely worthy. Because if you're a part of the Avishar, you're infinitely worthy. If you're a piece of Hashem, you are the definition of love. You are love. You're worthy of love. Like There's no questions there. And yet we completely are disconnected from all of that knowledge when we get here. And so a child does better in this world when their parent manages to develop a secure attachment, right? When a parent manages to communicate to this child, you are worthy, you are loved, you do belong, you're part of us, you have, you know, you have purpose here, you have value here, we accept you. And hopefully we'll all get that to some degree. But there's something really deep inside that so many of us, and probably everybody, because I think that's what it means to be human, like still there's a yearning, there's something, there's like, I want to be connected to something. I want to know something. I want to feel this something. And this is where like so many of our drives in life come from ambition and addictions as well. Like all the things that we try to look for something to connect to something to feel alive with something to prove 
mm. that I am really worthy, that I'm really valuable. And my understanding of this is that through Hasidus is that this is all the depth of our soul saying like, we need to reconnect with what we know we are connected with. I was put here in this world. I can't see Abishur, but I know the center of me knows that everything is God and I need to find him. And this is what we're here to do. We're here to rediscover. You mentioned how mm-hmm. even people who grew up with the most loving, affirming parents yeah. who provided them with a really healthy attachment still experience that internal question of, am I really worthy? Am I really lovable? Am I really connected to the people around me in the world? And it makes me think that that lack might possibly be God. That we are seeking, if you don't have that missing link of the attachment with God, then you will never feel truly worthy and you will never feel truly lovable because it's not something that only human beings can give you. If you don't have that understanding that you belong with God, that you have a true relationship with him, then it doesn't matter how loving your upbringing was, you still don't have that innate trust and self-worth. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think... At the end of the day, this is the truth of our being. This is something Hasidus just does not stop repeating. Like in absolutely every mimer and every, it's what it's all about. And recognizing that helps, first of all, us understand ourselves. Like what is going on? What is this angst? I have such a beautiful life. I have such a blessed life. I have so many people I love that love me. I have a relatively healthy life. I'm relatively successful. Like there's so many things. And like, what is this angst? I think it's our souls. Because when you believe everything that the Rabbim are telling us, you're like, wow, Tsamalachanafshi. Always. Because we live in a world that hides God. So we just always are longing to find it. And suddenly the Concepts of Ratzoy and Shiv are like, so, oh, wow, that, that's what it is. We start recognizing who we are. We start recognizing our longings for what they are. We start being able to unravel some of the more unhealthy proclivities that we have and saying like, what's really underneath this? Maybe I don't really want the thing that I think I want. Maybe I think that thing is going to fill me in some way, but that's not the answer because there's something deeper underneath it. And it's something so many of us find out, like you work really hard on something. And when it's done, that anti-climax could be so deep, even if you did an incredible job and it was everything you hoped it to be. And then after, and it's what I thought I would feel more something. Mm. What is that? So this, idea that B'nai Yisrael, from the beginning of history, we were sort of birthed into reality or humanity even was birthed into reality at the beginning of time. And we were newborns and the world was a very miraculous space. There's so many incredible things that happened all the time between living in Eitz Hadas. I mean, maybe that was the birth or or the flood or everything that the Avais went through. But specifically B'nai Yisrael, specifically the Yidin, we went into Mitzrayim and we were birthed through 
I saw a medrash that the Kriyas Yamsuf was the, you know, passing through the birth canal. We were birthed into being. And we were carried in the desert, almost like in Hashem's arms, in the clouds. And we were given absolutely everything. We were coddled. We saw Hashem everywhere. Like we said, Zach Haley Von Vehu. We saw Hashem. We lived in this reality where there was no question Hashem is here. Hashem is taking care of us. And it was only so much later in history, like it says, Purim was Kimu Masha Kiblukfar. The Yidin accepted what they received earlier because they were children. They weren't able to assert their choice and say, yes, I choose to want this. Hashem is everything. Hashem is my mother and my father and my God. And of course, I love him just like any baby thinks that their parents are the whole world. Mm. And just like every child thinks that their parents are the most incredible everything. It's only like when we start growing up and differentiating and developing our own identities that we're able to look at our parents as separate people. And then we can consciously say, I'm really grateful for everything that you've done. And this is the point at which the Yidin were like, Hashem, we want to accept what you told us to do before, which we didn't have the free will to choose because we were just so in awe and so infatuated and so overwhelmed with love as we are taught in Hasidus. So there was no choice there. And this development continues through Gullus, like the miracles were consistently diminishing as time passed. We had the first base of Mikdash and then the second base of Mikdash, which had slowly diminishing levels of revelation the entire time. And then finally we're sent into Gullus and nothing. And even in terms of the leadership of the Yidin, like the greatest leaders were in the earlier generations. And as the generations passed, there was a sort of lower and lower, the concept of Eurydice Hadaris, right? Less and less revelation, less and less direct Shefa from Hashem, direct revelation, really. And developing our own identity into who we are and what we are. And it's only from this space as independent people as an independent entity that we're able to turn to Hashem and say like, Hashem, I'm not choosing you because you you split the sea for me. Like that's not a choice. I'm choosing you because I looked so deep inside me and I know it's the deepest thing that I want. I know I live in a reality where I can't see you and yet I'm choosing you. I'm searching for you. I'm turning back to you. And it's this choice that turns this relationship from the child in, you know, vis-a-vis the parent to the chassan and the kala, where two people, grown-ups who love each other and are choosing to enter into a committed relationship together, are choosing one another with the freedom to not choose. And yet we're choosing. Wow. I just got chills through my entire body while you spoke because it's so resonant when you put it that way, that as a child, you cannot help but be attached to your parent. You cannot help but seek them out and really like demand that deep connection with them just because it's so clear to you that they're the most important thing in your world. And then when you move away from that and you move towards the your adult relationships where you really have that choice whether or not to connect and how deeply to connect and whether or not to truly witness another person and whether or not to really let someone in and be vulnerable with them. That choice only happens when there is 
the illusion of separateness. Because even when you speak about a chasana and kala or husband and wife, spiritually speaking, you are so united at your soul's core, but you can't see that in the physical plane. So there is that friction and tension of trying to come back together in a world where you can't so visibly see how you're intrinsically connected. Right. So powerful. And so when we learn that, you know, why did Hashem create the world? Like, why did Hashem do all this? Like, why are we even here? Why do we exist? And it says, Hashem wanted to create a home in this world. I wonder if he's looking for someone to create a home with. Because a home is with someone, with someone that you love, is with a partner. We're Hashem's partners in this world. And it's actively choosing, like Hashem couldn't have a partner if everything is is Hashem. The Malachim can't ever be partners with Hashem because they don't know anything except for Hashem. They are just direct expressions of Hashem's will. And there is nothing else. There is nothing else in their consciousness. Hashem created this extraordinary existence of unbelievable concealment so that there can exist a being with an individual consciousness that conceive of itself, of its own existence, of its own reality, and choose to deny God. And that same freedom to choose can also choose to see God and to choose God. And that's what gives us the freedom to choose as a partner, like almost as if we were equal, which is such a wild and incredible idea. But the truth is, we are a part of Hashem. Like, your neshama is Hashem. Mm. And even more than that, our bodies are atmos. Our bodies, our physicality is made of atmos. And so when you recognize that the stuff of your being, that the soul of who you are, that all of it is literally an expression of Hashem, maybe we can be partners because I am part of Hashem. So maybe I can partner with Hashem. Like maybe there is a shaykhist there. Maybe there's something that I can contribute. And suddenly like all these major themes like Bitta, like I'm just an expression of Abishur. So when I get super, super clear on the essence of who I am and my deepest will, which is to be connected to Hashem, then my ego and all the concealments that I've like absorbed are able to like shift out of the way and I'm just channeling Abishter and that's ultimate Bittal. But it's not like a negative nullification. It's like an extraordinary light. And this is what mitzvah is, Tzav Tzavachibor. We're connecting with the Abishter every single time we do Hashem's will. Hashem's like making a bid for connection, saying like, can you do something for me? This is what a relationship is. And this is what it means to build a dear Bittal to fully engage. It's really incredible because I think that I personally, in my own life and in the lives of those around me, I really see this unprecedented level of choice that people have in their Yiddishkeit, a real Bechira, that if you want God, you can have him. And if you don't want him, you also don't have to have him and you can still be accepted and you can still live a beautiful life. You can even keep Shabbos and you can even like engage in the beautiful 
rituals of Yiddishkeit without having God. And paradoxically, you are seeing people choose God, despite the fact that they absolutely don't have to anymore in order to be valued. And I think that is so powerful. It's a powerful place to be in for ourselves to really be able to choose. And when we choose God, it's just, it's so precious and it's so real. It's everything. It's everything. So what's really amazing, I think also, this is where therapy can help like therapeutic attitudes. When people feel like they didn't have great attachment with their parents and like, what do I do now? Well, you can reparent yourself. You can find the place in you that is more powerful, that is stronger, that is able to tell yourself and acknowledge your your younger self and say, I see you. I appreciate you. I love you. I value you. And what's amazing is that the Tanya tells us that we have Hashem inside us. So it's not about connecting to something that like, okay, this all sounds really nice, but like Hashem is just this big out there thing. Like, how do I actually do that? It's not outside. It's inside me. This is where I find my relationship with Hashem. I find Hashem inside me. It's not about finding an amazing mentor or joining particular group or learning particular things. I mean, all those things support it but it's about the work inside. Like the Alter Rebbe talks about his spineness so much in Tanya, because it's not just learning what the Tanya says, but it's about really spending time with it inside, thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it till it comes down from Chachmabina into Das, like into me, into like a felt sense experience where I know it in the center of my being. So the information is really helpful, but I have the connection in me, not outside. Okay. I want to talk about you. (laughs) I want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Hannah calling you to the stage. This is a transformational idea, really looking at our relationships with God through the lens of attachment theory and really understanding that we have that true choice, that true choice to like deeply and truly internally connect with God. So I wonder if you could share your experience. What has this looked like? How has this shifted your relationship with Hashem? Has this shifted your relationship? Do you feel like he is someone that you can really turn to? What has your journey been with this concept and how is it developing? So I feel like growing up, we have sort of dreams for ourselves. We have goals. We have ways that we want to develop. For me personally, I was always interested in self-help from a very young age. I always wanted to figure out how to be a better person. But the truth is, I, I think I believed that I needed to fix myself. And if I would fix myself, if I would figure out what it was, then I would be successful, then I would be happy, then I would be okay. I guess for me, what it is, is that in any state of your life or in my life, there are so many things around me that I could point at and say, I wish this were different. I wish they were different with relationships that challenge us sometimes. I wish they were different, or I wish we could change something, or I wish circumstances were different. And like, I feel like 
I was very frequently looking at things outside of myself. You know, if that changed, then we would be better. Things would be okay. And for me, it was like starting to recognize that the deepest thing that I really want that makes the most difference to me is my connection to Hashem. And literally everything flows from there. Like, what do I want more than anything? Why do I struggle, let's say, with a challenge with one of my children? Because I'm buying into a lot of lies, a lot of the cover-up story of the olam, of, of the world, of this false reality that we live in. And I'm, I'm afraid of disconnection, or my child is afraid of disconnection, or I'm valuing certain things over what's really, really important, which is our actual connection, not what they do or how they do it or what someone else thinks. And I started recognizing that focusing on my attachment to them, but even more so on my own attachment to Hashem was really what I needed more than anything. And when I managed to bring myself into that space of remembering who I am on an, in, a, in a really deep way and really really feeling connected, which is, is, it's a hard thing to do and it's a hard practice, but it's something that I'm able to go to. Literally everything melts, like nothing else is important anymore. If everything I want for my child, ultimately on my deepest level is that they have their own relationship with Abishter, I also can't make that happen. It's, it's about them and their own journey. So the only thing I can do is my connection to Hashem. That's the only thing I really have power over. And so Shifting back into that recognition that this is the deepest desire underneath all my desires. This is the most powerful connection that really underlies all the rest of my connections. Because like the Altar Abbas says in Tanya, we're able to love another Jew when we recognize that they are a part of us because we're all parts of Hashem. So first I need to know so deeply that I'm a part of Hashem because how could I love someone for being a part of Hashem if I don't know that about myself. I feel like everything starts with me in here with this connection, with this really, really profound connection. And cultivating that and bringing myself back into that space is literally where everything flows from. And suddenly all the things that seem like challenges, all the stresses, all the complicated relationships, all the, the difficulties that come up, they disintegrate because they all exist on a different layer of reality that's not really true. And the only thing that's true is me being a part of Hashem, and I'm connecting to that. And how can I show up then? Like, I show up differently when I'm operating from that space. It's really interesting. I'm wondering what you have practically done to focus on that personal attachment and relationship with Hashem. That's a great question. This could sound a little out there, but there is a meditation that I found to be really deeply nurturing and helpful. And it's particularly connected to connecting with the feminine aspects of Hashem. Okay. So the Shechina is the feminine, right? And uh, there's a visualization that I do sometimes 
where I imagine myself being held by the Shrina as if she was holding me in her womb, in her Rechem, which is pure Rachamim, which is the safest, most secure space that one can be held. And it's just unlimited compassion, absolute love. You don't need to change. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to be anything. I love you exactly who you are and how you are. And I feel like, especially from going through something challenging, that visualization, like just sitting and imagining myself being held by the Shrina is the most deeply powerful experience because then I know who I am. And that's like the connection just happens automatically. It's funny because we don't hear this connection with the feminine side of Hashem as mother so much. And I recently asked Rabbi Jacobson for a source and he did give me one, but I don't remember it offhand. I have it written down. And it's such a loving and unconditional space to be in. And it, it's just really helpful for me personally to get back into that zone when I need to, when I want to, when I choose to, when I remember to. Oh my gosh, it's such a powerful visual because when a baby is in their mother's womb, they're 100% united. Nothing can get them because mother's body is literally wrapped around them. Exactly. And we're in water in that space, which is what Alma Discasia is, right? The hidden world where all of reality knows that it's 100% dependent on the Abishar. It's like the higher worlds where the Malachim live, where the truth lives, where the truth is obvious. The child is in water. Its experience of reality is like, I'm absolutely dependent on, on Abishar. You spoke about that at the beginning, how the angels experience the true reality and we experience the separateness. But in a way that it's actually a maturing process, which is really important in order to experience that choice, because attachment that is born out of choice is just so much more powerful. The attachment of a child is necessary, but the attachment of an adult to another choosing adult is just, it's, it's what creates life. Oh, nice. It's what creates life. Creates a home, as you said, dear Bittachtainim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's how we can understand when the Rabbeim tell us that when Mashiach comes, we're going to be like, oh, wow, Gullus was such a profound opportunity. Because the process of what's happening here, it's not like we were punished for a long time. And when we're finished the punishment, then we get to go back home. That's not what's happening. It's a very profound development that's necessary to, to reach a level that was absolutely impossible without it. And we get to like be finishing that, which is such an extraordinary thing to know about who we are, the fact that we're alive in this generation. Right. And you said that the attachment is really just revealing what's already internally there inside of us. I think that's really reassuring that when we say creating an attachment, choosing, it sounds like choosing something outside of ourselves. I think it's so important to cling to that point, which is that we are not creating 
a relationship with something outside of ourselves. We're really choosing to just tap into the reality that's already there. God is already holding you. God already wants to speak to you. He is already guiding your path. You can now actively choose to tap into that relationship. The radio is there, but you have to listen. Tune into the frequency. Yeah. 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 And it's a choice that we get to make, but it's there. It's always there. Nothing ever can make it go away. Okay. So closing off, can you share any words of advice or practical tips for really trying to deepen that conscious relationship with Hashem? So this is not my own my own idea at all. It's something that the Rabbim always told us to learn Hasidus. And the Rebbe emphasized for women more than ever. Some women say that they don't feel like learning is their thing. I feel like with the amount of shiurim that are out there and the amount of accessibility on the internet and the amount of different formats that exist today that never existed before, there's something for everyone. And the more regularly we interact with this information, the more it becomes part of the way we think and part of the way we see the world and gives us more food for thought to really sit with and really internalize and really experience das of, and that's how we, you know, do the mitzvah das as Hashem lekecha, to know Hashem. And for me, learning chassidus changes my life. It has changed my life. It changes my life. I don't think there's any other way. It's about regularly interacting with this in whatever way works for you, but make it a part of your life. I like how you said that it changed your life and it changes your life. Because if you don't continuously return to this information, and if you don't deepen your understanding of these ideas, then it it can't grow with you. And I think that an attachment with Hashem is something that is constantly fluctuating throughout our lives, depending on what stage of life you're in, what headspace you're in, you need to show up to the relationship in a different way. So showing up yesterday is beautiful but it doesn't show up for you today. I love that. It changed and changes. It's beautiful. I agree. Well said. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I felt it. I really felt it. It was beautiful. So when children feel securely attached, they grow up to be adults who can consciously choose to take risks who can believe in their own abilities, and who can go against the tide when life calls them to. When we feel securely attached to God, we too can take risks. We can believe that the world is not always the way it seems on the surface, and then make choices that are inspired by that belief. When we feel securely attached to God, we can believe in our God-given potential and we can go out on a limb to invest in the person we may become, believing in God in a world that often points us elsewhere, can feel like risky business. It is not always the obvious choice. This is how God set up the world, a world that constantly reinforces the belief that what we see with our own eyes is the only true reality. But we are living in a time 
of unprecedented choice. The world's reality does not have to be yours. You can choose to be in a relationship with God. You can choose to build a life with Him, to believe that He is holding you, and that His reality is yours too. You are sitting in God's womb. You are safe. You are held. You are so loved. You are both child and partner, cared for and nurtured, while still being challenged to give. With God by your side, can you build a beautiful home here? Can you make this world a place where the Shekhinah can feel comfortable, where the godly spark within you could take center stage? Elokai zakinina betoratcha uvimitzotecha lechaberet nishmati tamidlecha lechaber lechaber. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find me on Instagram at human and holy or via email at human and holy at gmail dot com. New episodes of the podcast come out every single Sunday morning. If you don't want to miss a single episode, then hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed today's episode and could take a quick second to leave a rating or review, it means a lot to me and it helps other people find the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>